This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies, and today we have a community birth story, but it's so much more than just a story about birth. One of my students, Catalina, wrote in after she had her baby, and side note, she was actually in class when she was in early labor, and her email was so positive that she just had a birth that was unlike any other. And let's also say it wasn't what I'd call like the quote unquote perfect births. She had some challenges. She pushed for four hours, but she felt empowered and from her words, no shame in making her choices, which is exactly what should happen. We don't want shame from the choices that feel right for us. So I asked her, I said, would you mind coming on and telling me about your birth for our community? And she wrote back saying, as a woman of color in a same-sex partnership, she really wanted to share her story. She wanted to share how she got pregnant, of course, about her pregnancy and her birth, but also some of the obstacles that she faced. So I thought 100% let's dig into that. And she really does. She gives so much great information and support to women of color, people in the same sex relationship. She really gives a voice and It was also fantastic to speak to Catalina. Let me tell you a little bit about her. So Catalina Estrepo is a high school teacher at White Plains High and in Westchester, where she teaches Spanish film and Spanish language arts. So I think you're really going to enjoy that conversation. She's truly a delight. I've Very much enjoyed having her in class and then having the chance to get to know her even better through our conversation. Before we get to that, I just want to say thank you for everyone that's part of our community. People continue to show up and help our community continue to grow. And it's it's beautiful. It's really exciting to know that the methodology that we teach about education community using the asana to help support your body continues to grow. So thank you for showing up. We have class every day of the week. We have re-releases. We have workshops. We're here for you. And if you do make it to class from hearing about the class from the podcast, please let me know because I want to give you a special welcome and hello. Small other note, we are plowing forward in our teacher training. We're just starting our next one, Caprice and I. And if you're interested in deepening your knowledge as a yoga teacher, specifically for prenatal yoga, check out our our teacher training on our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. I'm so proud of the training that we've created. It is deep. It is powerful. It, I hope, to my knowledge, it does. It leaves people excited to continue the work in their community, and that's what it's all about. And then, of course, check out my two smaller courses for those that are not quite wanting to go into a whole teacher training, but just want to know how to support the pregnant person and the postpartum student who's afraid the pregnant yogi and teaching the postnatal student. All right. That's enough of me. Let's take a super quick break and then please enjoy Catalina's story. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, Catalina. I am so excited to speak with you. It was so amazing to watch you go through your pregnancy. And now I get to hear all about your birth. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and to talk about my experience. Yeah. I'm so excited. And listeners, you might hear some gurgles, maybe even some whimpers. <laughs> Catalina has her son with her right now. It's absolutely amazing that I love seeing kind of the, the other side. So I feel like I got to know you a little bit at, through our time together, but why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, so I, I am a school teacher. I teach Spanish in uh, White Plains High School here in Winchester County. And, you know, I, I teach uh, Spanish, but I also love languages. And, you know, it's a, so I love that, doing that. And I just became, you know, a mom. And that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is your full time job right now, I'm sure. So literally, le- I'm, yeah, I mean, day and night. <laughs> And that doesn't end. So I love when you reached out to me to share a bit about your birth story. You also wanted just to talk about your journey into getting pregnant. And I know you're in a same-sex partnership and you're a woman of color. So, And I love that you wanted to share that. So I'm just going to throw it over to you to start to open up however you want to about your journey and anything that that you want to express. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so, so, um, I got married in 2017 and both of us knew that we wanted to have children (laughs) and we just had to like decide who's going to go first. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that was, that was a challenge of its own, but, um, I am a little bit older than my partner. So we decided that maybe I'll go first and then she will go after. Um, and we, it was very clear that my partner wanted to um, have children by unknown donors, but that was more difficult than we thought. We asked, uh, first we asked one of my friends. We had like a very formal meeting and we talked about like the logistics and we, we did a lot of research and we brought the research with us about like how that would, how that would be. And, uh, you know, like this one friend was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I think I will definitely do that. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And then he had a life crisis and he's like, I don't know if I can be a dad. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, so he said no. And we were really kind of like uh, heartbroken a little bit. So we decided to get a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Because we were like, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, what are we going to do? Then we decided to ask uh, one of my partner's friends, um, a childhood friend. And we again, we had a formal meeting and we wrote the research and we talk, we had a really serious conversation. And this person said, yes, absolutely. I would love this. And then he also had a life crisis. And <laughs> he's like, I don't know if I can be a dad. This is too much. I don't know. It's like, you don't need to be a dad. Just be we a just donor, need your sperm. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's what we kept saying to like both of them. It's like, you have no responsibility. But I think that for both of these people, it was like, oh, wow. Like, well, now we're talking about my genet- genetics being out there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. And they had this whole, you know, they have this whole, I don't know. Like a, a crisis. A, like a crisis around it. And, 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 and at the same time, we were very disappointed because not, not with them. We were disappointed because we were like, oh, wow, this is just taking longer and longer, you know? And, um, so at the time we just kind of like, let's see what happens. And life's crazy and things happen in ways that we don't even know. So around that time, my partner, um, got in touch with, um, a friend. Uh, who she met at a um, 
she met at a, a music festival. And she is in a relationship with uh, another woman. And they have a seven-year-old um, boy. And they, um, you know, my, my, my partner and, and, and Rachel is her name. They got in, they got back in touch and, and in that time, Rachel asked my partner, like, are you guys thinking about having children? Because we have this vial of sperm that we have been paying for for seven years because we were going to have another child, but we decided that we are not going to have another child. So I don't know, would you like to have this vial of sperm? And we we're like, what? It was wild that, you know, like this, they're, she's basically like gifting us wow. her vial sperm that she's been paying for and that, you know, her son was from that vial. Um, so we, we, you know, we, we had, a you know, so we met up and we had a conversation about what, like, what do you mean you have a vial sperm? What does that mean? Right. So the 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 vial of sperm that um, that they had was from Pacific um, uh, Bank in, in California, and they they that's where they got it from. They they gave us all the information about the donor, and then you know we started the we said yes we'll, we'll take it absolutely, but it's one chance because there was only one vial like that was it. So it was with this specific vial we had one chance. So. Um, we, we decided to take it, um, and, um, we went through the process of getting the, the vial, um, under my name, which was a very interesting, interesting process. It wasn't, it wasn't easy, um, especially because they don't like to have, um, people in the same region, uh, who have the same donor mm -hmm. because like something that they said to us is like, what if your child, uh, meets you know ch this other child and they fall in love and then they have mm -hmm. a child and then they don't even know that they were from the same daughter something like that so but, good point. but it worked out <laughs> yeah it's a really good point but uh it worked out because we know we know this couple and we are we're going to be in touch with them so that that wasn't our uh, our case we you know we know these people so um so we worked um, with uh, Cornell Reproductive um, Clinic in New York City, um, and we worked with Dr. Chang, who is amazing, and he is the same person who did the um, the the process for my friend um, and her wife. And so it was really cool to like work with the same guy because he he knew you know he knew the other couple and and he's worked with uh, lesbian couples before, so. Um, I guess I go into the, the you know, like that, the other part where I, you know, as a lesbian couple, I always, you know, when when you go into the doctors, I always feel like I have to come out, you know, like it's it's like you're always coming out in, in so many different ways, right? Like, you know, who you have to describe who your spouse is or you have, and, and, and it's, 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 a, it's a coming out thing. And it's always a little like, you don't know how people, you don't know how people, people's beliefs right you don't right. know how they, they so it's kind of like how they're going to react and their judgments or not gonna, judgments yeah exactly exactly it's always very i always feel tentative because i i don't want to be you know rejected and i don't want to be be treated you know in a way because I, as a as, as a lesbian and as a person of color you just never know if you're being treated away because you're a person of color because you're mm -hmm. a lesbian, you know, it's like, there's always, um, this thing in the back, like a hesitation uh, or yeah, yeah. 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 So it was great because he, you know, he, it seems like at Cornell, plenty of, uh, same sex couples go there to, to get, um, you know, to, to do this. And I did an IUI and um by an insemination and believe it or not deb i got pregnant with the one first <laughs> without bile i got, like i got pregnant that's you so know? amazing that i love I mean, hearing all, that yeah and, and and it's it is interesting because when people who go there they go to cornell because they have um a hard time getting pregnant but i had to go there because 
um, the the Pacific reprodu- reproduction, you know, where we got the, the the sperm, they don't release the sperm to you. So it's not like I could do it at home, <laughs> you know, like get a turkey only- baster and shoot it up there. <laughs> <laughs> Because to be honest, if we had a known donor, that's what we were going to do, you know. Like, and and we have friends who have done it like that. Really? And they have gotten pregnant. Really? Yes. We we know, and <laughs> they sell very cool stuff on Amazon for you to do it. Of course, it's on Amazon. Of course, it is. <laughs> of course, it is. Right. We have we we actually have these um, uh, two. Two friends, uh, you know, same-sex couple, who both of them got pregnant with the same known don- donor, and they did it, uh, you know, the do-it-yourself way. But they I do it themselves it. at home. I mean, it took them a few trials. You know, it wasn't like for me, like I, they knew exactly when I was ovulating. They had me come in the next day. You know, like it, for me, like I, my chances of getting pregnant were like, I guess, bigger because everything was fine you know right and you weren't going um, because of fertility issues you were just going no. to you know because they were the middleman per se basically yeah. right uh and 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 i you know like i you know i i was there on friday they did something called a trigger shot which basically like um you know it's if you are ovulating, it kind of like brings up the chances that you are ovulating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it helps with ovulation. And then you come back the next morning and then you they do the, the IUI. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I was there on Friday. They did the trigger shot. I came back on, on, on Saturday at 8 a.m. in the morning. I went upstairs. They gave me a tube with the sperm. It was really funny. And then I brought it downstairs and I gave it to the doctor. And then my partner was able to, like, you know, insert it. Like, they obviously, they they did the whole thing that they have to do to get to, to the uterus. But, you know, my partner was able to insert it. That's so um, cool. That's such a nice yeah. connection for you guys. Yeah, it was because it's, you know, it's, I mean, it is kind of clinical and it's like, well, but it was, you know, we're funny. We're like, this is, you know, okay, this is what it is for us. And it's, and it's great. Um, and so, you know, uh, that's basically how we were able to get pregnant. And to be honest, like, this was so easy for us in so many ways, like insurance wise, uh, you know, and, and being able to work with Cornell and being able to transfer the, it was actually really easy for us because for the couple who gave us the bio seven years ago, they were, insurance didn't cover it for them. Mm-hmm. They had to pay most of the, you know, most of the, of the, uh, of the process. They had to pay with their own money. Uh, for me, everything was covered under insurance. That's so uh, nice. Because things, because things have changed so much. Yes. And now, you know, uh, IBF is covered a lot more than it was covered seven years ago. IUR is even more, you know, so it, things have changed so much. Um, and there's actually like a whole timeline of how things have changed for, especially for same-sex couples uh, with insurance. And the New, the New York Times came up with a really cool timeline of how that has changed over the years. Um uh, and I, I had it somewhere, but I, I lost it. <laughs> I'm so glad because you, everyone deserves to have respect and equal rights to insurance. It drives me crazy that this wasn't available seven years ago, more than that. So I'm so glad it was easy for you okay. on the side of the only seven, yeah. only seven years ago. It's like, not, it's not even like not that long ago. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's when yeah. I was thinking yeah. about when you're talking about the vial, that also, was that a bit of a peace of mind that your friends, because to pick a donor, I've had friends that have had that where one of my friends, she's like, she took it as like a project, like a massive, she's like, I might as well have gotten a master's doing this because she went, you know, page by page, really looking at the donor and really, really uh, looking at top things that were important to her and her partner and then kind of narrowing it down, knowing that your friends had done that did that take some of the edge and anxiety off of it of finding a donor yeah absolutely uh yeah because we yeah we also wanted you know my partner was she really wanted a non-donor this was like what she really wanted um and and it became more difficult than than she thought 
So knowing that there's a child, right, and he's awesome, right? These uh, couple, they are amazing. They're also artists. And, and, and we had all the information about these donors. So we, we were able to read the information before we even got pregnant. And a lot of the things, you know, a lot of the things that we read, we felt good about, yeah. right? We felt good about the, the, the information. And, and that's why it was um, so much easier. And also, I don't think that these couple who have chosen you know, a person who they didn't feel good about, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like you, so tr- they're your like, friends, you trust them as your friends. And then knowing that they yes. chose this person too can feel pretty validating. Exactly. So it, to be honest, it was so much easier for us because they did the work for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, friends. Thank you for yeah. doing the work. Yeah. But... And, and there are other children, um, from these donors. And there is actually like a Facebook group, not not a lot of children, but there is a Facebook group, and they're all friends with each other. Um, and and we we I haven't um, connected with them yet because my kid is four weeks old, so <laughs> I'm still like trying to figure out a lot of things. But we are planning to get in touch with those people too because I think it's really cool, right? Yeah. Um, not because we want Octavio to be, you know. They they don't have to be siblings, but but they are connected. You yeah, know, it's they, a community. They, yeah, it's a community. So we we are planning to 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 get to get in touch with those people, and my partner would like to get pregnant. So we would like to see if we can get um, sperm from that same donor so, so that she can get pregnant. That so in that way, uh, Octavio and the you know the other sibling are siblings that way. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to, if you had a way to reach out and ask or, you know, buy more sperm. So that's nice. They'll have that connection. We can definitely buy more sperm. What what I don't know if, if there's still more sperm from that donor. Right. Right. So that's the research that we have to do when we get there. Yeah. No, (laughs) you know, you, your, your baby's four weeks old. So there's a little time before the idea. Oh, that's an amazing story. Thank you for being so open to sharing that. I really, I think that's going to just enlighten a lot of people about the whole process. I honestly, I've never, I've have a fair amount of friends that are in same sex couples with kids, but I never wanted to pry and be like, so how did this happen? Cause it's not my business. So thank you for, yeah. for sharing this. Cause I, I, I have been curious and I know everyone's going to have a different story, but thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. I'd love to start to hear yeah. a little bit also. So I know you really enjoyed your pregnancy. What about your pregnancy was interesting or challenging or exciting or whatever you want to share about that? Yeah, I had, a very healthy pregnancy, uh, truly. Like I just, it was so good. I, I loved being pregnant. It was, it just felt good in my body. And, yeah. um, I, my first trimester, well, um, I was, you know, obviously very like sick and nauseous and whatever. Uh, but then I entered my second, uh, trimester and that's when we enter lockdown. Mm-hmm. Basically, like as I enter second trimester, then we entered lockdown for you know because of the pandemic. So I was at home, uh, being able to really just like take care of myself, and I was able to like like you know I had like zero stress basically because uh, I was working from home and I was able to go hikes almost every single day. I was you know I live in Nyack and. We have a lot of access to uh, trails, mm-hmm. and I I love hiking. I love being uh, in nature, so I was able to really immerse myself in nature during the uh, during the lockdown um, in the pandemic. So I, you know, I I just love being outside, and I was like, you know, talking to the baby about all the trees and the things that I was seeing, <laughs> and. Um, and I was able to eat the right foods because I had time. Yeah. Right? If I if I had if I had to go to work, of course I was going to do the best to like nourish myself, but I didn't. So I had time to cook, you know, to cook, to to do exercise, to attend yoga classes almost every single day, um, you know, and and just to like 
just just be with the baby and my partner um and and, and have time like, like that is something really time. special that I hear a lot of people saying that's coming from from being together in the pandemic. I was talking to one of my friends and she's like, everyone has their own experience depending on where they are in their life. Like it's actually, I was talking to my mom about this and she's like, you know, she's older and she's like, I'm reading. And then I talked to another friend that is single and just, and just, um, she's like, yeah, I'm also just doing a lot. And then I talked to my friends with a lot of like with school age kids were like, Oh my God, what's going on? So I think it depends on where you're on your life, <laughs> how you can embrace this togetherness. And I'm glad that you and your partner, partner had that time, you know, just the two of you and then being in nature with the baby sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was very, very precious. And it was a gift. It was just like, I, I know that if I ever get pregnant again, or my partner gets pregnant, this was a very unique experience. It certainly because, was. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and we were able to really like connect and yeah, that, like you said, like, it depends what you're doing. Like we, ha- we didn't, ha- we, we just have puppies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so how much did you get to see your care provider while you were pregnant? I'd also love to ask like what your vision of your birth and pregnancy was like, and how did you find a care provider to support that? Oh, great. I, I love talking about that because be, before I got pregnant, I um, I was scared uh, of what the numbers that we see right uh, on, on the data about um, a you know uh, morbidity right uh, mm-hmm. or of, of what happens to women of color um, in 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 these um, you know being pregnant and you know all the stuff and I. I was always very scared of getting pregnant because I didn't want to just be a number. Mm-hmm. And also because I'm scared, right? <laughs> it's scary. Um, so I, what we did, what we did is that we did some research about uh, places in the area uh, with oh, midwives, right? We were looking for midwives, but I also was a little scared to give birth at home. That's, I wanted to give birth at home, but I was scared. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to like, like do a lot of soul searching about that. You know, I'm a healthy person. I probably would have been fine giving birth at home, but I personally was a little scared, uh, even though inside in my heart, that's what I wanted. But I was like, okay, I, if, if I'm not going to do a home birth, I can still uh, find a midwife because that probably feel is probably better for me than an, o, uh, an OB. So we interviewed actually three different places. <laughs> we had questions for them about, you know, uh, uh, different things. But for me, the most important question was about, uh, I'm a person of color and all the, a lot of the midwives in, in the area are, are white. So I had questions about like, you know, how, like, you know, what, what, about being a person of color in your practice. Like I, I, I want, I want to know that I'm going to be treated the same as other people. And, you know, like, like, for example, we had one midwife said to me, uh, we, we don't see color. We only see women. And to me, that was the wrong answer. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to that practice because, um, you know, for me, it's like, if you don't see color, then you don't see the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that, that didn't work for us. And then we found a practice in, um, in Harrison, New York, uh, and they they work with the Phelps Memorial Hospital, and I I really you know like we inter- we they had five midwives and we interviewed one of them and we really enjoyed it like what we what we heard and we and we enjoyed it um, you know it, all the answers not enjoyed it but they were the right answers for us in so many ways not just about uh, being a person of color but they also the way that they they talked about us being a same sex couple. And also about like, you know, uh, doing the core clamping and doing it skin to skin, all this stuff, like everything just, um, they, they did everything that we wanted, right? Or they, their philosophy really, um, you know, was what we wanted. Um, so I was able to go into the office, uh, I think three times before everything went into telehealth. Um, so I, I went three times and then after that I was able to, to see the midwives online. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very, you know what? I, I was, I, I was healthy. I didn't have to go into the office because, you know, I was healthy. Everything was going fine. I, I, I didn't have anything to worry about, to be honest, but I did, I did worry that like what happens to women who, who have, you know, gestational diabetes or people who have preeclampsia, all the stuff. Yeah. Exactly. All the stuff. But I, I didn't, you know, like I, I was fine. So I, I, when I, when I met with them, it, you know, it was very helpful, but truly I didn't have anything to worry about. Um, but I started going to the office at 36 weeks because that's when they, you know, they had to do all the other, um, tests. Right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I, you did mention, you know, being mindful of being seen as a woman of color. I want to go a little bit deeper into that about how that felt as a woman of color moving through the maternity system. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back. Let's tackle that topic. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. So you sound like you picked an amazing midwifery team. Did you feel, was there any place in your process, you know, was it whether in the hospital or maybe not at all? Maybe you actually, your team was really open-minded and supportive that you didn't have any pushback, but is there anything you do want to share about being a woman of color and moving through the maternity system? Um, so in, in general, I, I had an amazing experience and the, the only thing that, um, was bothersome to me. And I don't know, and this is where, like I say, like, you just don't know why things are happening sometimes when Mm -hmm. you are a person of color or, or, um, you know, uh, a marginalized in a marginalized group mm-hmm. uh, the the when I had to make my appointments um, there was this one person who like always would say like we don't have anything available right now so um, I'll call you back and I'll let you know and then she would never call me <laughs> she would never call me and and she will always try to say like oh let me see if I can squeeze you in like and she's doing I you a favor and she and I always got that from her every single time and and for me, I, I, I got to a point, like the first time it's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, let's see, maybe I call, you know, like, I don't know. But then it was every single time. And I, I was so bothered by that because exactly like you said, you're not doing me a favor. <laughs> I am a patient. I am, you know, like, 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 what do you, what do you mean if you can squeeze me? You know, yeah. like I'm calling, you know, I'm calling three weeks in advance. <gasps> and, and, and I, yeah, that was like the only thing that was like really bothersome. But but I didn't really complain to be honest about this. One because it was during a pandemic, so I don't know if actually they were like scrambling mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Two because I I I wasn't you know a, I wasn't at risk. I was having a really good pregnancy, so I like I thought about it because I thought about like bringing it up because. Something that was important or that I learned in the process, and you talk about this in your classes, is advocating for yourself, yes. right? It's, 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 it's like you have to advocate, and that's not always easy, and it's not easy for me to do that. It's actually really hard. So I, I, I thought about, like, is this even a battle that I want to? And it wasn't, it wasn't important, to be honest, because I always got, a, I always got an appointment, and, I, and, and the midwives were amazing. Like I didn't have a problem with the midwives and those were the people who really matter. Yeah. Um, so that was the, and then 
um, it, it was funny because when we interviewed the midwife at the beginning, she said to me, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the whitest person in the room. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. But I actually, I learned what that meant for her because when I was giving birth, every single person, you know, every single nurse was a person of color. And she was the only the only white person in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in the staff, my partner is white and my doula uh, is also white. So I, I know what she meant then. You know, like uh, the, the, the main nurse, she was a Latinx person. And then there was somebody else there who was black. And then, you know, like there, everybody else was a person of color. And I loved that. I felt really good and I felt held. I, the, the 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 team that I had for my birth was amazing. They, 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 I really like wow. Like I want to talk about that. Um, you know, if, when we get into that, like it was just like I. Let's love... jump there. Let's go straight there. Yeah, I was gonna talk about. I mean, that's what these. You know, it's like birth. These conversations go on their own flow. <laughs> I have a few more questions, but they could wait. So let's talk yeah. about your birth story because when you wrote back to me, you just sounded like I can almost see. First of all, you you are always glowing and happy. Um, but. At least when you showed up on, when you showed up for class, I don't know where you are after class, but you always came with an amazing, uh, an amazing attitude and an open, but I could tell from just your, your correspondence, just how elated you were that you, I remember something you said, like, I felt no shame in asking for what I needed. And that was so strong to me that you had a team that supported you. And also it juxtaposed that people sometimes do feel shame in asking for what they need. And the fact that you didn't, that, that really spoke to me. So if you can go right into how your birth unfolded, how you felt supported, how you felt seen, how you were able to ask for what you needed. Yeah. Um, so I, so I I also want to mention that right before, uh, I gave birth, like a week before, I was really, really anxious and I was really nervous. And I, I actually was a little bit under fear about the birthing process. So I had to do a lot of soul searching because, uh, you know, my doula kept talking to me about like, you need to, you know, you have to, uh, dig deep because otherwise this is going to trap into birth, right? And, and this is going to, um, maybe be an obstacle. So I had to do a lot of soul searching during like that last week. And, um, when I, when my contractions started, it was really interesting because the first thing that came to my mind was, oh my gosh, baby's coming. I had none of that fear. I had none of that nervousness. I had none of that anxiety. All I felt was like, yay, baby's coming. And and that's not how I thought I was going to feel when contractions started. So that was the first thing that was like, for me personally, was like really amazing that I felt that way. I felt like, yay, baby's coming. And then none of the fear and all the stuff came up. And um, I was able to, and you know, I took classes. You took classes <laughs> that morning. I was wondering if you were going to mention that. I love that. Well, things, <laughs> you oh, showed it was up. great, but things got rough after that, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was really good. I felt like I, you know, like I, I was able to, you know, to labor at home for a long time, and I took class and. And, and, you know, I was here with my, with my dogs and my partner. It was great, um, around and, you know, I called my midwife and I called my doula and they were like, yeah, they were very good and very calm and very, you know, very chill. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then around, um, five o'clock in the afternoon, I started contractions at 1 a.m. And then around five o'clock in the afternoon, my contractions were about um, three minutes apart. So, and, and really, really strong. So I called the midwife, I called the doula, and they were like, yeah, let's meet at the hospital. Actually, I don't think I talked. I think my partner talked because I was, um, you know, I was in a lot of pain. And then the ride to the hospital was the worst ride of my life. <laughs> I, I vomited on the way. It was pretty rough, but you know what? Like you know, it's it, it was what it was. But uh, when I got to the hospital, I felt so held. And it was like it's a it's a giving it's a burden center, and it, I just felt really held. And and everybody was like, "You having a contraction right now? It's okay." <laughs> they were just so nice, you know. They were so like 
I just, I don't know. I felt, I, it felt good to be treated. Not that I expected to be treated differently, but somehow I was surprised that they were so, it was so beautiful. Right. And, um, and, you know, you, I was in the hospital from about, you know, 6 a.m. And I had back labor. I was in a lot of pain and, you know, I kept going, but around five o'clock in the morning, I was really very tired. I had not eaten in a long time and I was, and I was in a lot of pain and I, I was just like, uh, you know, like what's happening, you know, like I just, I'm so much pain and they checked me and I was nine uh, centimeters on one side, but my other side was only seven centimeters. So at that point, you know, like I, you know, I, you know, my partner and my doula, we, we talked about like, what are the options? What, you know, what, what was happening? I was like, no, let's keep going. Let's see what happens, you know? And we, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, like what was happening and doing a lot of positions and, 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 you know, doing everything that we could to, you know, to stay calm and not scream. <laughs> but at some point, um, I was too tired and, and the, and the midwife said like, I, you know, we could, um, I could do something, but it will hurt a lot. They're probably going to try to push okay. the cervix open that, that smaller, it's, that the thicker side, they're probably on a contraction was going to try to move the lip of the cervix over his head. I'm guessing. And, and, and I, 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 you know, I don't remember what she called it. You know, I'm pretty sure she gave me that the, she told me what it was then. Yeah. And, and, I, and I was like, I was like, okay, but when the contraction started and then I realized like, like I was in so much pain already that I didn't even start pushing yet. I said like, no, give me one second. I think I need to talk about, I want to talk to my partner about an epidural. So the midwife left and I talked to my partner about an epidural and we, I decided that I was going to get an epidural. I didn't have an agenda. I didn't, you know, I, I I wasn't a person who went there no, knowing that I was going to get an epidural or not. I was basically going to give birth, <laughs> however it evolved. And I was very, very tired. I was in a lot of pain. And so I decided to give an epidural, uh, to get an epidural. And But we talked about, like, you know, like what that meant. And something that I remember a lot from, from, especially from your class, is that you said that even if you get an epidural, you can still move. You can still, you know, feel things. And, 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 and because the idea that my partner had is that if I get an epidural, I'm not going to be able to move at all. And I was like, yeah, I probably cannot stand up, but I can still move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I got the epidural. I didn't even feel it because I didn't feel the 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 you know like when they were doing it because my contractions my contractions were so strong um but when i got the epidural and 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 it, and it started working I, or i was uh, feeling numb we decided to put music and we were dancing i mean i was dancing i was i was sitting you know i wasn't able to get up but i i was dancing and my partner was dancing and my doula was dancing and we're like we're gonna get this baby going and, 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 and let's enjoy this moment. There's, you know, let's enjoy it. Like, let's do what we can to enjoy what's happening right now. And, um, that's what happened. <laughs> we, we were dancing and around seven o'clock in the morning, um, I started feeling, uh, like, um, what do you call it? I, I, like, I knew like pressure, feel, right? Like I, right. Pressure. Thank you. I, I started feeling pressure in the rectal area. And I started pushing at 7 a.m. <laughs> That's when I started pushing. But, you know, I, as I mentioned in my email, I pushed for four hours. I wanted and... to ask about that because I, I, I'm going to say I will also share that I pushed for a very long time. So yeah. you sounded like you were in good spirits. How did your spirit stay? And emotionally, how did you handle such a long pushing stage as well as the support of your team, because first of all, I'm super impressed that your midwives were game for that. Cause I know some care providers would be like, Oh, it's been this amount of time. Let's, you know, let's call it a section. So it seems like you had a super open-minded and supportive team. So as a multifaceted question, so <laughs> however you want to go yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like the, the, the midwife, um, 
who because I I had two different midwives because one of them had to leave at seven a.m. But the one who was with me at seven a.m. she was so you know they they gave me massages and then my the midwife would give me massages. She would like she stayed with me most of the night, right? Which was which I know is not the experience for other people who are giving birth at a hospital, right? She stayed with me most of the night and and she was giving me massages and she tried she had me do like funky positions and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that she just like she was willing to like let me go as long as I needed to go. And um, so the uh, my pushing stage, I ca- I cannot tell you how much fun it was. Actually, I know that really crazy. I love hearing this. Because... I wasn't expecting that. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> It was and, and 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 for me pushing was not the hardest part, even though I pushed for four hours. For me, the hardest part was labor because that was very painful. Pushing was just long, but it wasn't painful. So it was it was really fun because I had my partner on one side, my doula on the other side, the midwife, and they were all just like like she like cheerleading me. They were like cheering me and and they were pushing with me. At some point, they they said to me, "We are all going to get hemorrhoids with you because we are <laughs> all pushing with you." And they were like just like like coaching me every time that I had to push. And I felt like it was like I wasn't pushing alone. Truly, I really wasn't. It was it, they 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 pushed with me every single time, and I I I know that I was pushing right or right I guess the right way because the the midwife is saying like you're doing the right thing. The baby it's just in a in a in a position that it's you know um you know he's having a hard time, um so you know we had to like she had to. She had to do something to like help him move in a way because he wasn't, I don't know, he was like, he kept going in and out, Mm -hmm. even though she said that I was pushing exactly how I needed to push. She said, you're, you're pushing strong. You're doing what you need to do. You know, like she kept like, um, you know, just giving me, um, just praising that I was doing the right thing. I never felt like. I was just like, I pushed for four hours because I wasn't doing a good job. Right. <laughs> I never felt like that. I, you know, I, I, it was just like, that's the baby was doing its baby thing. Right. Like, like a uh, caprice phase, you know, baby's baby, you know, like they do their thing. Um, so, um, at some point, uh, she did something to the baby. Uh, I don't, you know, like, I don't remember exactly what she did so that maybe to help him out, right. Mm -hmm. To like, uh, guide him. And then at some point she called an OB who like, um, at some point said to me, you know, like if you, if we need to bring vacuum, we can help you out with the vacuum. And then she said vacuum and I pushed my baby out (laughs) in like 10 minutes. You're like, nope, going to do it myself. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was like, I do not want that person here and I do not want to see whatever, you know, thing you want to bring. So, uh, no. And, and at that point, like I literally pushed the baby in like 10 minutes. I, and I don't know what happened. You know, I maybe, you know, the baby probably also heard. (laughs) It sounds like such a joyous, it sounds so joyous. It sounds like something that another person might have seen as arduous you had a team that was right there by you they weren't judging you they weren't threatening oh you know like let's we have to get this baby out and it just seems so wonderful that I, i wish everyone had that opportunity of no pressure no judgment like you said like you had no shame in asking for what you needed because no one was putting that out there that there should be something to be shameful about it and even though it was hard you had, you were made to feel like you were doing it right and that you were being believed in. That's, I love hearing this. I'm just, I have a grin from ear to ear hearing. I wish all, I wish all birthing people could feel even when things were hard that they were believed in and that they were supported. And you know, it's, it's so it's so wild because my, I have a friend who gave birth a week after I did. And, um, she literally told me, she's like, Oh, you're going to hate me because I only pushed for 10 minutes. 
but then but then she told me that that her that her provider um um you know, like did things to her without asking. Like uh, they uh, let her water down. How I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, like they, break, yeah, they break the water they, or release they the, water. the water. Yeah, without asking her, they uh, they used something to get the baby out that she doesn't know what it was. But they they used some kind of you know I I don't know like they used something and they didn't they didn't tell her and. She doesn't know what it was either. Mm-hmm. And she got a second degree tear. tear. Yeah. Tear, sorry, tear. Tear. So uh so that that's so wild because like that's what happened, that's what happens, you know, to so many women. And this is somebody who is a professional, somebody who is educated, somebody who has agency, and this is what they're doing to people, right? And that's 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 where I, you know, I, I just feel so enraged because uh you know, like it's, it's our bodies, and, and 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 why why aren't you asking us what we need? And I felt very good about every every step, every process in my birth because I they always asked me what I want, where I wanted, like what I wanted to do next, right? Yes. And during the push and during the pushing part, it was like it was funny. Like my midwife kept saying, "I think you're going to have a girl." Oh, I think it's a girl. Right. And then when the baby came out and it was a boy, she was like, oh, that's why the baby took so long to come out, because I was pissing him off, because I was coming <laughs> him out. You know, like she was being funny, you know, and, and you know, like there's a lot of emphasis on gen- on sex and, and, and all that and gender that is just kind of like too much during pregnancy. But she was trying to be funny. I yeah, think she was trying, trying to the moment. Be- yeah, to be to make the moment lighter and that kind of thing, right? Like you know, and at some point she was joking and she said, "You know, anytime before lunch," but like she said it in a way that I know she was joking, right? She wasn't trying to to like push me to like do anything different. So I just want to highlight so many things. Like it's finding the team that you believe in. And I was just speaking with one of our upcoming teacher trainees, who's actually an L&D nurse. And what she and I were talking about, it so rings true to your story is that many times birth does not go how we envisioned. Like you probably weren't expecting to be pushing for four hours, you know, but it's not necessarily how it unfolds because it rarely unfolds how we foresee it, but it's how you're made to feel and how you're respected during how it unfolds is how we can then walk away from the experience feeling either really supported and seen or like what your friend had, like a very short pushing period, but without informed consent and without that respect around her body and it's in her agency. So it's so important. So you just highlight like that these great births can happen. Doesn't have to be a storybook of like, Oh, you know, baby just fell out. Like it's really about the people we invite in to the experience and how they show up for you and your team. They showed up for you. That's just, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. I, 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 they really did. Like everybody, my my doula was amazing. I mean, I I know that affording a doula is not something that everybody can do, but she was amazing. Everybody, yeah, it was truly a, a great experience. And I'm just so happy that you're sharing this so that people can hear that, you know, we again, we don't have a recipe to how to have a great birth, but really thinking about where you're birthing, if you have that opportunity to choose and, and really picking your team it really makes makes such a huge difference. Okay, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, if now you've been through this experience, you've been through a lot, if you can choose one tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents, we'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay. So you shared so much from the getting pregnant to through your pregnancy to your, your birth. Is there something, and we didn't even touch postpartum, which we're running out of time, so we won't be able to do that. But <laughs> if there's one tip or piece of advice that you would like to share with new or expectant parents, what would that be? Um, so something that was really helpful, um, for, for us, right. For my partner and I was, um, like, asking a lot of questions to our provider when we had um, our appointments. So they, and, you know, like, I, and, and, and I, I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to be the difficult patient ever, right? But again, like, I needed to, like, advocate for myself. I wanted to know that I was going to have the right, um, like, that, that, that along the way I had the right provider that was going to do what I wanted, right? Um, so asking questions and not to be afraid to ask the questions because other people are really good for advocating for, for themselves. We all need to be really good at advocating for ourselves. It's so, so hard. Don't be, <laughs> it's so hard, but like, but like ask the questions, right? Like we actually have nothing to lose by asking questions, right? Uh, but we are so afraid, but I don't know. I just felt that I, whenever I had an appointment and I felt like I didn't have any questions, then I went into my notes from my birthing education class. You know, like, I, like I, I need to ask the questions. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm being active about my, and that they see, you know, that they see me, right? That they see me, that they hear me, because I have so much experience uh, with providers who dismiss me, right, or don't hear me. Or I'm a twelve, and then I become afraid of asking questions. So I was like, no, we have to ask questions. So I really, uh, you know, I I ask people to ask questions, to take classes. Right now, it's so much easier to take classes online uh, because of you know everything is being offered online. So take classes, go to you know all your local hospitals offer. Um, usually free classes uh, about, you know, about how to take care of your baby or how to just like, like take classes and, 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 and try to, you know, try to inform as much as possible before you give birth because it will definitely pay off. That is so great. When you, I want to ask you a question about, about your questions. When you went in for your, for your appointments, did you, so you said you had questions from your childbirth ed class. Did you have a list of questions that you literally had in front of you? So when you went in, you could check them off? Yes, definitely. Yes. And, and they knew. They knew I had my question because I would take my cell phone out and I was like, oh, so I have, I have 10 questions. And they were like, shoot me with them, you know? And the first time then that I had all those questions and I literally said, I have 10 questions. I was so afraid. I was like, oh my God, is this person going to be like, what? You mm-hmm. have 10 questions? And she literally was like, okay, shoot me with them. Go ahead. You know, like she literally said that. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> and you know, in that itself because, can be reflective. If you don't, can I jump in really quick to my advice? If I jump yeah, in for a quick yeah. thing, that yeah, in itself course. can be reflective. For this. I'm just thinking about those listening to this. If your care provider, if you say, I have 10 questions and your care provider is like, oh, I don't have time for this. That might be a red flag of like, huh. Is this care provider going to have time for my questions? And I do have questions and this is, you know, maybe my first time down this road. Why are they not giving me the time that I need? So yeah. I just love that your care provider is like, great, shoot. So just for listeners, you know, these little, these little moments can be foretelling of how things are going to unfold. And, and just to, you know, to add, um, like I said before, towards the towards the end of my pregnancy, I was uh, I was really afraid, right? I, I was having a lot of fear, and I had an appointment, and I actually brought it up to the midwife, and I told her exactly how she was feeling, and she literally sat down, looked at me in the eyes, and we had this amazing conversation, and I I really appreciated that, mm-hmm. right? Like, like she, she saw that I was saw having you. a hard time. Yeah. She saw me. She's, and, and she didn't make me feel like, oh, I have another, another patient. Not at all. She stopped what she's doing. She sat down and she talked to me about things. 
or to like dismiss right? it, be like, Oh, you'll, you'll be fine. You know, like, you know, no, like, yeah. yeah, you'll be oh. fine. There's nothing. Don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of you. You'll be fine. Like she yeah, saw no. you, she saw your fears as a person and, and addressed it. Oh, she seems amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what a great, no. great midwifery practice you chose. No, yeah. It was, it was really, it was really beautiful. So we know that, um, you know, if my pregnant, if my if my partner decides to get pregnant, we know that we would like to go back there. Oh, oh Catalina, yeah. I love that you shared such great information and just your story is. I don't even have the words. It just is inspiring. And I think that people listening can know that it's really possible to set this up so that you can be seen and heard. It's just really a matter of putting that time and effort if you can to find. And I just, I know some people are going to listen and be like, I don't have the option for providers, but you're just doing the best you can. And the fact that you went in with questions. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Oh, I hear your puppies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, of course. Um, like... Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for being part of our community. Yeah, no, thank you for um, what you offer to women. And, and it was so amazing to be able to do yoga every day with you and Caprice and Ellen, you know, almost every day. <laughs> I know. I, I was actually sad when, it, when you're like, I'm having my labor now. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to see her that much anymore. <laughs> that made me sad. But I'll see you on the other side. Once you're, once you're ready to come back, I can't wait to have you in class again. Yeah. Thank you for just being open and for sharing. I really think it's going to make a difference for other people that are pregnant right now. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I will see you in class. Be well. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.